Hey guys, we are live. This is Jennifer with the Shooter's Mindset, and we are here with episode 398. We have our co-hosts here tonight. Corey, how's it going? Really good. Shot a lot of guns this weekend. Not even just, it's good. It's really good. Yep, like 600 rounds. I feel good. That's awesome. And you lost an hour of sleep and you didn't care. No, we have like 40 people for setups. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome all right and we got greg how's it going greg i'm still struggling from that that hour lost sunday night me too i like it being light later but i don't like getting up earlier so it's a mixed bag there so our guest of the hour tonight is our good friend tommy goodson how's it going tommy it is going good uh hello and i feel you on the hour lost because um It'll take me a couple of days to recover from that as well. So, yeah, I feel like I need a whole nother weekend to just like get it out of my system and then I'll be straight. But this week trying to, yeah, it's just not working. I'm tired when I come home, I want to take a nap and then I can't go to bed early. And then, yeah, it's just not working for me. These, these last few weeks, you ever have a weekend that you work so much, then you go to work to get a break? Yeah, you want to go back to work just so you rest. <laughs> That's how the last couple of weekends have been. Um, yeah, so, uh, but, it, but it'll be worth it. It'll be, uh, it'll be worth it in the end, so. It'll be good. So we wanted to hear about some new stuff that's coming close to us, which we're happy about. But for anybody yes. that's unfamiliar with you, can you tell us a little bit about your history, your service, like how you got into shooting? Just kind of give us a Tommy in two minutes. <laughs> yes. So for anybody that doesn't know me, I'm Tommy Goodson. I live in Aiken, South Carolina, which is right on the Savannah River, um, border of South Carolina and Georgia. But I'm originally from Los Angeles, um, born and raised in, in LA, Southern California. I've moved around a lot. Um, when I was younger, I, I grew up in like foster care system and, and boys' homes and things like, things like that. So, uh, which is a whole nother story, but um, at... At 18, 19, um, I knew I was kind of going down the kind of the wrong path, if you will. So um, kind of statistically is I was going right where statistics said I should. But one day I woke up and said, you know, this this isn't for me. Um, I, I want something different. And I walked in the recruiter's office and uh, took a long time. Um, that, that guy worked his butt off trying to get all my high school transcripts from all over Southern California compiled. It took him six months to get my package ready to, to even send in. Uh, but um, that's what I did. I, I, I went in the Marine, uh, Marine Corps recruiter's office and uh, I left and I never looked back. So I did, I, I take that back. I went back one time and um, you know, I found, couldn't find much of anybody. Uh, the one guy I found, um, he, was, he was pretty strung out. And uh, I started asking about different people and. Most people were either dead, in prison, strung out, or like like me, they just disappeared. And I was probably on that list of people who were, who were there one day and gone the next. So yeah, I went in the, in the military, and um, you know I wasn't ever homesick. Um, I, I jumped in with with both feet. I gave it everything I got. I, I had. I, I kind of made it my lifestyle. And I went in the infantry, um, 0311, uh, but I wanted. I always wanted to progress. Um, I never felt 
I never felt um, satisfied with where I was at. I always want to take things to the next level. So with that being said, um, first deployment, um, I tried to go like uh, force reconnaissance. Um, that, that's where I wanted to end up. Uh, for whatever reason, our company first sergeant would not let anybody on their first deployment sign up for the indoctrination. I had a lot of buddies that, that signed up, tried out, went. Um, for whatever reason, the, the few in my company couldn't do it. <clears throat> so anything, anyway, the, um, the sniper and doc came up next. And again, I just, I, I wanted, I wanted to progress. I wanted to, to just get better and better at what, what I was doing. So um, I, I signed up, uh, passed the sniper indoctrination, went to sniper school, uh, passed, um, be, became a sniper team leader, deployed again. And um, that time I was looking at now, maybe trying to transfer over into more of a reconnaissance element. I got contacted, me and another guy got contacted from the school and asked if we would be interested in coming back as instructors. So that's the route I went. Um, and we got back from that deployment and I went back to the school and that's where I finished out was at, at the, uh, the Marine Corps Scout Sniper School, one of the Marine Corps Scout Sniper School, schools. So that's, that's my childhood and military uh, in two minutes, so. So how did you get into, I mean, I know you were a sniper and you were shooting, you know, long range precision with that, obviously, but there's a lot of people that are in sniper school and don't transition over to PRS. So what got you into the competitive side? So when I got, when I got out, I did not touch a bolt action rifle for a lot of years. And uh, I started doing some security type work. Um, I got into some specialized like SWAT type of security work um, at, at a remote site in Nevada. And um, it's probably five or six years after I was out, we, we had sniper rifles there and I picked one up and looked through it and it just, everything came back to me and, and um, it just felt like home again. I don't know why I didn't get into it. Like as soon as I left the military, I, I, I can't explain it. I just, um, I hung it up for, for a few years and I don't know, as soon as I got one back in my hand, I, I loved it. So I shot um, more on the tactical side again. And a few years ago, now I've moved over here, um, a buddy of mine said, hey, um, I wanna sign up for this match. Um, I don't know anybody else I would, I would want as a partner. Would, 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 would you do this with me? It was, it's called Mammoth Sniper Competition. I'm sure you're familiar with it. And uh, I said, yeah, let's, uh, let's do it. That looks like it'll suck a lot. And uh, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> and, and it did uh but yeah that that was my that was my uh first competitive match and uh it's very different you know um the sniper matches are, are i don't know they're i guess they're kind of based more tactical than the prs is uh but that just kind of lit a fire in me on the competitive side um and then i started looking for matches and uh i was always a day late on on registering registering or I would see a match and it just happened. So I, it was hard to get in front of it. And um, the guys from Accurate Ordnance, they used to host a small PRS style match. It wasn't sanctioned, but that, that got me my foot in the door. And I met Mark from Accurate Ordnance, Woody, all those, all those Accurate Ordnance guys from that team, very, very good ambassadors of the sport. Um, still friends with a lot of those guys to this day, but that was uh, Brandon Zelensky at that time, uh, that was how my kind of intro into PRS 
And I'll tell you the first year coming into it, having the background I had, I don't want to say I was cocky, but I was confident and I got my butt whipped. Like it is, <laughs> it, it was a humbling experience and it's very different. You know, um, the tactical side and the competitive side are, are, are very different. However, with that being said, um, as an instructor, I would take, because because I, I, I've been an instructor for 15 years outside the military with uh, snipers and, and long-range precision riflemen. The, the road, there's two separate roads, the tactical and the, and the competitive, but a lot of times they, they get pretty close together. And I would bring some of the techniques and um, some of the equipment to the tactical side, and it would blow their minds on how stable they could actually get in some of these alternative, uh, alternate positions. And uh, being a competitive shooter, well, actually being a, a sniper in the military, I think gave me a stronger foundation walking into the competitive world. And I think the same applies. Like one will make you better at the other. Um, I don't expect a military or law enforcement sniper to go out there and, and do extremely well at the game. Just like I don't expect somebody that plays the game to be able to go out there and be inserted and land nav and find a target and sit there for 48 hours on target and all the other things that snipers do other than shoot, you know what I mean? So they're, they're two very different worlds. Although, like I said, the, the, the roads get, get close sometimes. Now there are, and I'm kind of rambling here, but there are some guys on the East Coast here that I know from active military guys that do compete and those guys are good. And, and I'm looking, I'm thinking back, man, when I was in that billet, like the guys that are in there now, their skill level is way beyond what we ever dreamed was possible. So I think the competitive world really makes the other side stronger. Now, a lot of those guys will complain like, hey, it's just a game. It's not this and that. It is. And, and I agree with that. But it will also make you very, very, it'll make you much stronger at, at the other world, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's so. true. And I, I think. think if many of us ever tried to go and be snipers, we would get our tails beat at that because, yeah. I yeah, just you're think not allowed to vape when you're doing the snipey thing. <laughs> yeah, swallow it. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. I hope that answers your question. I know it was a long winded answer, but that was it. Mammoth sniper competitions where I, where I started. And it just, it planted the seed of, of getting out there and, and competing. And I, and I loved it. I loved setting up. I was a sniper instructor for 15 years, almost 15 years with a, um, a kind of a, a government agency that um, here in South Carolina. And uh, I love taking things that I'd see at matches and taking them there. And um, I would work on different things, though, because. You know, I, I knew who the good shooters were and I knew who the physically fit guys were, but what I didn't know was who can operate under mental stress. So a lot of the stages or the scenarios I would come up with, the shots were never hard, uh, a little bit of physical fitness, but the mind, I, I would task the mind with something that they had to recall later. And then, so they're, they're trying to multitask on a few different things. And then I'm in their ear the whole time telling them, hey, we, we you got to hurry, you got to hurry, you got to hurry. If I had flashbangs, which I always did, I would throw a few of those just to just to kind of shock them. And then at the very end, I'd say, okay, now debrief me on what it was, you, you know, and see, you'd 
be surprised at, at who can operate under mental stress and keep it together and who can't. And that's what I really needed to know being in that, that role that I was in. And it's not always the person that you think it's going to be, but um, it, was, it was a lot of fun. So I tried to take some PRS stuff, take it there. And even now I try to take some of that from the tactical world. I'm not trying to make a, a sniper competition. I'm, it's going to be a PRS match, but I, I try to get a little bit in there where you, where you have to think a little bit as well. Nothing gimmicky or hokey, but just a little bit of thought. I like the thinking stages. Um, so outside of instruction, what made you want to start hosting matches? Was it that you, you didn't see something that you wanted to try? Was it you wanted your own flavor of thing? Because it's no. not everyone that picks up the match director ad and just kind of like runs with it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I didn't plan on it. I didn't ask for it. It was just kind of one of those. I did it at work. Um, I, I used to set up a lot of scenarios. And um, you know, like 15 years into it, uh, you know, I, I got to be one of the, the senior guys there. And um, whether it was a handgun rifle, you know, training scenario or machine gun course or something to do with the snipers. And we did a lot of close quarter stuff. We ate, we ate, you know, full shoot house with, you know, we could breach in there. We could ballistic breach. We can do all kinds of stuff in there. So training, just setting up training scenarios is, is kind of where it started. And then as far as the match, I, I would teach a little bit outside of work. Um, usually basic precision rifle stuff for beginners that wanted to get into it, but that kind of evolved and, and, I had a couple of really good shooting partners and, and you guys, I know Greg and Jennifer know Heidi and, and she was, she was always out here on Fridays. And, and um, so I would just set up my own little training things and uh, stages. And then, you know, I'd run her through them or anybody else that would listen. Um, I would run them through there. And then that's kind of what it evolved into was um, I just started setting up these stages and anybody that wanted to come practice, to come practice. So it was just stuff I was already shooting uh, to get ready. And then I just, it's a passion. And I just wanted to share that with other people that, that shared the same passion. Yeah. So. I took your class. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, they're all different. They're all fun. And uh, you know, every, every class has its own personality and it, it's never know who you're going to meet there. Um, did you do the GTI? Yeah, you didn't do the GTI. No, uh, it was just out at David's. Okay. Yeah, that it was, was a little small. It was me and Heidi and maybe one other person. Yeah, I um, think it was. I can't remember who. But I loved your instruction style because you gave like the fundamentals and the why behind it and some instruction. And then it was like, okay, but you need to do it how it works for you. Like, yeah. You were very big on these are the fundamentals you need to do, but you've also got to find your way to do it. It wasn't like, no, you must crank your neck this way and stand this, you know, something <laughs> that doesn't work for us, Yeah, uh, which I really liked. Are you I'm still orthodox in a couple of things too, but I always try to teach, this is textbook and try to do this. And if you, if you find that it just doesn't work, I see a lot of weird stuff. And I had one guy that always shot all kinds of canted and, but he hammered, he, there was nothing to fix. You know what I mean? So I wasn't going to go fix his body or fix this because he got the results that we were looking for. So, um, are you still teaching classes? You know, not so much. I just, um, I, I've, I, I find the matches and I think it's just more rewarding to me, um, to see that 
fellowship with with the with the matches. And uh, I may get back to it, but I did that for a lot of years. And doing the matches is a little bit new and fresh for me. So um, I'm, I think I'm going to do that. All my time is either shooting or running matches. Now I really haven't been doing any any classes. Well, if you do another one, I might have a student for you. Okay. The GTI ones are fun because it is high angle and we do go up 10 stories and we can shoot straight down and I can, I can put targets out to about 1500. I don't, I usually only put, only put them to about 800 because there's some wicked tricky wind with the, with the updrafts and everything else. And I, I don't want to put anything out there that's people aren't going to hit. So yeah. 800 is, is a pretty good shot from the, with uh, with those conditions. So. Yeah, my husband may get into shooting, and so we want to. I mean, he's shot guns before, but he's never done the long range stuff. So bring them uh, out, plant the seed. It's, it's a cheap hobby. <laughs> yeah, don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever tell my wife how much some of this stuff costs. <laughs> Yeah, our worst fear is that you're going to, you know, we're going to die and our spouse is going to sell our guns for what we told them it cost. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we don't want her to find out about that expensive $500 scope behind you, right? Yeah, that, um, <laughs> I think I got that one for, I got a good deal on that one for. Oh, oh, nice, nice. You'll have to <laughs> pass that link over to me. You might be listening, you never know. <laughs> um, so, Corey, you're out of Texas? Yeah, Texas, College Station. Man, I want to go shoot some matches out there. I really do. Come on. Your your match is uh, April 8th, right? It is. It is. It's okay. coming up quick. So end of April 29th and 30th is ours. So come okay. on. And where is it at? College Station. College. I've heard, yeah. Yeah, so if you know where Houston is, it's about an hour, hour and a half uh, northwest of there. It. Yeah, I've been yeah. through that. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll have a crawfish boil. Yes. Texas is yes. so big, man. That I-10 from, <laughs> what is that, El Paso to Beaumont? Beaumont? Oh, I hate I-10. Yeah. I've taken 10 all the way out to Florida yeah. before multiple yeah. times. You know the drive. I'm done. Yeah. 20 is better. Yeah. So, Tommy, uh, Q Pro Defense said that he'll take your class, and also he knows why you didn't get into PRS when you first – EIS from the Marine Corps, and that's because PRS didn't actually exist back then. It was so long ago. He just called me old. I could read between the lines. <laughs> he did so very nicely. When I had my musket, I was, I was, yeah, no. Yeah, that's, that's, is that why the, uh, they're much better shooters now? They got rifling in the barrels? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably why. <laughs> hey, Greg. Greg, it looks like you missed someone from Diane Goodson. Uh, oh. She is listening. Damn it. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Good night. laughs> yeah. Well, moving right along. Uh, <laughs> Phil D asked about your, your nest course. Who's that? Phil D. Hey, Phil. Phil D was, Phil D was in it. Um, I think he was in one of the first ones. If it's the Phil D I'm thinking of, it is probably. Yeah, yeah. That was uh, that's a fun class, man. It, it's um, it's out of GTI Government Training Institute right here in our backyard, and um, you know, you never know what level of experience is going to show is going to show up. So I always start with the fundamentals, the basics. Um, you know, we we go over that because you can never hear that too 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 much. 
Uh, we go out zero, get chrono. Um, and then the class kind of dictates its its own pace on the level of of the audience. Um, but then we go out, we we true everybody's gun, and Chris Walker um, did a really good job of building a bunch of props. I don't know if you've ever been out there, but there's a rooftop position, there's tank traps, there's a PRS barricade, there's cattle gates, there's all kinds of stuff. And so we work on positions there. And um, day two. We go up to the rooftop and um, you can shoot prone up there, but we don't, um, you know, we, we shoot all positional stuff. They can shoot prone later. Um, I, we, we teach the, the proper prone on day one. We, we hammer it um, pretty good, but, um, and then usually at the very end, we do a round robin up there. And then at the very end, we kind of open up the range and, and run either some, either some little mock matches or mock stages or some command fire, some some more on the tactical side, some just some cool stuff. Or and we just kind of open it up to like the last thirty minutes or so. We just kind of free range it, and and me and Chris just become spotters at that point and help these guys get on target or go through the Kestrel. That's the other thing. Chris teaches an, an awesome Kestrel class. Um, they're more than welcome to use their own uh, ballistic engines or ballistic calculators, but they do get a Kestrel for the class. Kestrel was kind enough enough to give us 10 of them for training purposes. So everybody goes through the Kestrel and, and uh, learns it um, that day for, for two days. Chris lets them take it home, play with it, whatever. Um, we've, never, we've always gotten them all back. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good rank course. And uh, the facility is, it's good. Um, we, we make the most of, of it, what's there. Um, it, there's, nowhere, there's nowhere else like it, I'll say that. That's the truth. Yeah, it, it's definitely the most unique place that I have ever shot a gun at in my life. Have you done the Guardians and stuff out there? I've worked them. I, I think the only time I shot out there was when Brandon ran his 22 match. Okay. But uh, I had a lot of fun working the Guardian out there and going, setting it up and blowing up cars and other fun yes, stuff. Yes, yes. You know, I, I really want, and that's the other thing, you know, I, I've been chasing this PRS thing for a few years and, and uh, really wanted to get you know, see where I could, how far I could go with it. And uh, I haven't even been shooting two-day matches. My daughter's dance schedule is, you know, I've only got her for a couple more years. So um, I'm either at a dance recital, a dance competition, um, dance, you know, my whole life is, is ballet and um, jazz and whatever, you know, all the different dance. She's, she's at the studio right now, but um, I've only got her for a couple more years. So that's really where my focus is, is, is around her. And then I shoot when I can. Um, and then I do the match stuff when I can. But the first schedule I look at is hers. Um, you do a little dancing on the side yourself, don't you? I do. I do quite a bit. I'm, I mean, I can, I can cut a rug. I know you are a ballet mistress because I've seen pictures of you at the studio. <laughs> yep, the exact same studio, as a matter of fact. That's right. It's a small world. It is. It is. I didn't even know it was you at first. I'm looking, I'm like, God, is that, is that Jennifer? I took a picture and sent it to you. I'm like, hey, is this you? <laughs> he said, is this you? And I was like, a couple of lifetimes ago, yes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So I know we've touched on it little bits here and there so far, um, but the the main thing we're here to talk about today is a very special match that you're going to be running soon why don't you give us a little bit of a rundown on this match and what kind of the the coolest thing about it is okay um so i'll back up a little bit um 
I've been running these matches at, at the little camp that I shoot at, um, that I train at in, in Edgefield. And um, it's a cool little place. It, it, not real little. He's got a lot of land out there, but um, it's a cool spot. We're very fortunate to have it. Very fortunate that he lets us shoot out there like like we do. Uh, we were able to build a bunch of props. So I started running just a small series, you know, uh, club matches there. They're not PRS or anything, but they're very PRS style. In fact, a lot of the Southeast shooters come there, and and I always schedule it in between major matches. So just a place to come practice. Um, and fellowship and, and hang out. And it's just really weird how things ha happen because people start asking me, hey, have you been to the Clinton house? Have you been to the Clinton house? And I keep saying, no, I need to get out there. I need, I really need to get out there. I've heard good things. Um, I know they run matches, but they weren't PRS matches. And I was just, I was chasing the points, you know? Um, so uh, anyway, the, again, it came up again. People are asking me, and I was like, no, I need to get out there. Well, a couple of those guys that are from there we're going to these matches. And I didn't even know it. And um, Mike Sexton was one of them that came out there and, and, you know, he approached me and said, Hey, uh, you know, we got, we're, we're going to do this thing out there. we got a new area we're looking at. Um, we want to run PRS matches. We want them sanctioned. And we'd like, we, we really like what you do here. We'd like you to, to, to do these. And I, I can't even express how humbled I was at that and and I'm thinking okay well what the hell do I do but um most of the matches I put on out there they're very beginner friendly in that they're they're welcome to new shooters and I tell people all the time if you got a gun and ammo and and some a little bit of data just show up we're going to get you through the rest so I, I I'm a big proponent uh, uh, supporter of hey a guy's on a stage you know, when he finishes, show him a better technique. If, if he's new, get on there, show him a better technique, let him take another couple shots just so he can he can see it, experience it. I don't care if somebody's working with somebody on the side, showing them how to use a bag on another prop. You know, they got the flags in, whatever. You can see if it works or doesn't work by what the reticle tells you. Um, and that's what this was. It was more, it, it was, it was a, think of the gap grind, you know, new shooters, but um, we weren't in a hurry. We had the time. We, we kind of limited it to, to 30 shooters out there, 10 man squads or 10 shooter squads. Um, and we, we just, we, we try to work with newer shooters and, and people would come with gear and they would sell it, you know, to the new shooters. Some people would give it away. So it was very new shooter welcoming. Now the targets, I'm notorious for putting hard targets up because I would just put up stuff that I practice on. And I don't practice on, I practice on things smaller than what you'll typically find at, at a match. So I've kind of, I've kind of found a balance now where before, like, I mean, some of, some of those targets were, were, were pretty damn small. So anyway, fast forward, um, Clinton House, people from the Clinton House approached me and said, hey, we, we really like the, the way you present, you know, yourself, the, the, the sport. Um, and, and I was blown away. So with that being said, um, went out, we, we looked at the Clinton house. There's a 240 yard firing line that we have. So you figure every 24 yards, um, there, there's a stage. So it's just, there's, there's not a lot of walking and I, I feel like it's adequate space. So they're not right on top of each other either. Cause that, that's, that can get a little distracting when you hear buzzers and impacts all over the place. So I think it's adequate space. And, and without a without a long walk, you know I love Alabama, 
that heel sucks, but I, I mean, but I, but I love it. I mean, they, they put on an awesome match, awesome place, um, and, I, and I won't let it stop me from going there. K&M, nothing compares to K&M, but you will walk. Um, but that's, that's a small price to pay for such an awesome uh, experience out there. But this is, this is just one spot. Um, I didn't want a whole lot of, and they do have a lot of areas out there that we could use, but now you're looking at a few hundred yards or trying to shuttle people back and forth. You don't want a bunch of POV, you know, personal vehicles driving up and down. You kind of want a place where everybody can park, get out, shoot their 10 stages, put their stuff back in the vehicle, and, and be done and uh, they have that out there um, it's a new area so if you've ever been out there this is a brand new area um, they have been doing a ton of work out there clearing it uh, setting up props um, I've been out there every weekend um, designing stages and I, I will say this and and if I'm wrong somebody correct me but this is the very first PRS match in South Carolina and uh, I am excited that it's finally here um i think it shows that we needed it because this match sold out in i don't know a week two weeks i, I don't know it seemed like it sold out really really quick um so we've already got 100 shooters i don't want to go i don't want to go more than 10 shooters um on the first one because if there's any bugs i want to find them and iron them out but i think the match flow will go smooth so we might go, if we get 10 on the waiting list, we might go add one per squad and, and so they're even at 11. I, I, I won't go beyond 11. But um, yeah, very first match in, in South Carolina. Super, super excited that it's here. Really excited to be part of it. Really bummed I can't shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Yeah, and you will. Yes, um, I'm, ex I'm excited for that. Yeah. Um, so at the facility, do you know, I know they do a lot of different kind of matches out at Clinton House. Do you know some of the other things they do out there? Yes. So uh, three gun is all over the place out there. Um, and, and I'm not a three gunner. Um, I, I shot a lot of carbine. I did a lot of, uh, I was on a shooting team at work, but it was all, you know, carbine and um, handgun. A lot was done with the gas mask on. Um, but the three gun I know is huge out there. I think they run some USPSA stuff out there. Um, they just finished a DMR match out there, which is a sniper match. Um, I'm not sure where they were snipers at. Anyway, um, they just finished that this last weekend. Um, and then, and maybe you know about this, um, the gathering. Have you heard of the gathering? Mm -hmm. what, what is that exactly? So it's basically a big, well, Imagine a mini shot show range day that's open to the public. Um, it's hosted by Palmetto State Armory, and they try and get a bunch of media and everything out there for just kind of a, a little mini range day. To yeah, I, I think it's a big deal. So that's coming up on the twenty fifth, the weekend of the twenty fifth. So is that that's like right now? Yep. Oh. Sniper Bill said, don't forget about the PRS-22. Yes, and I'm getting to that. I, I'm not forgetting you. But <laughs> so all those matches, right? You got handgun, you got three gun, you've got uh, DMR matches, and they've got a ton of hunting. Like they, I mean, it, it's a hunting plantation. They probably do more hunting than they do matches. So anybody interested in hunting uh, anything um, can probably go on the Clinton House website and um, 
Thank you, Tony. Um, and, and if you're interested in that, I know they have memberships there. So if you're interested, need a place to shoot. They also have a thousand yard range, a lane. And so if you need a true rifle or anything, um, that's the place to do it. It go, It's like a hundred yard increments starting at 300 all the way out to a thousand. And then they also have the mile club. So they have a mile shot there and uh, they'll work with you. Mike will work with you. Um, they were out there the other day and um, they were all shooting a mile. I haven't shot it there yet, but um, I don't know if my little six millimeter will, will reach out there, but. Yeah. Mike did it with a 223. What? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a garbage excuse, sir. All right. Well, did you shot a mile with 223 or a thousand? I, I swear he posted that he shot a mile with a 223. And most people, I'd just be like, ah, belong. Well, Mike, Mike did, but I thought you were saying you did. I was like, no. Yeah, no. Mike is people. Mike is. If you're in South Carolina and you want to do something, that is the place to go. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I am blown away by the facility and what they offer and what they're putting into it. Like we were just talking before we started how MPA, uh, Eric, every time I go out there, he's, he's put so much into it. Um, and it's just it's such a joy to go back there and see what he's done next. And it's, it's always a different place than, than the time before because he puts so much work into it. And, uh, improves on it um so much and that's what i'm that, that's the feeling i'm getting from the clinton house every, i go out there on the weekends and every time i get there i'm like holy crap you guys have been busy you know um with with backhoes and and skid steers and all the all this other i mean there's like serious heavy equipment out there i, I was going to post a video of us moving some of these boulders and and things with this big track hoe and a, a diesel dump truck and I mean I, I don't even know where they get all this equipment but it's there and it's being put to use for this for this match so it's cool to be a part of it it's cool so I have a few more questions but wanted to before we before I lose it in the comments for one thing wanted to um kind of say what share what Tony Muni has put in there he said that the truth about Tommy Goodson is he's an ambassador of the sport with nothing but the highest respect for inclusion of everyone present being a beginner fighting frustration of gear and my own inabilities all while he gives words of encouragement and explains what he sees calmly and with a smile and I gotta say that's exactly the Tommy that I know also because I've been shooting with you what gosh three or four years at least um yeah gone to many matches the first time I ever used a tripod was because you were like come on just try it you can use mine just try it as a rear support I do not sound that country but go ahead <laughs> I, don't. I do so I'm doing my Tommy impression with my southern accent you know I uh, I cleaned I, I, that stage though I and I was scared it worked it, it worked and I I, I now that you've said that, I, I do remember. I can't remember where it was. I don't I don't see all of that, but I do remember you doing well with it. Um and yeah, I, 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 you're like that all the time. You loan your gear, you give pointers, but you're and you are just fun to shoot with because you're always in a good mood, even when well, I'm not. Yeah, I, 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 I appreciate agree. that. And it, I just have such a passion for this, and, and I, I I assume everybody else does, and it's just such a good time to even a bad day out there is still better than doing something else um and the other thing is and, and i see it a lot in the, in the 
on the work side and and some some on the match side too. Uh, you know, everybody starts somewhere. Um, so like a new shooter, it's just it's not that you're better than anybody else. It's just you've had more exposure to it. You know, you put a computer in front of me or something like that, and I'm totally lost. Like, you know, everybody has what skills they have because of time and exposure. And I've just, I've had a lot of exposure to this and um, I've been fortunate, I feel in the right place at the right time to, to be, be where I was. And um, yeah, so new shooters, I mean, there's nothing to say that I can't teach a guy his very first day in, you know, five years, he's, he's on the top of the world winning the golden bullet. Like, you just never know uh, where somebody's going to go, but, Everybody has to start somewhere, and and the newer shooters, it doesn't make you any better or worse than anybody. Um, you got to leave your ego at the door, you know, leave that leave that stuff at home, and um, you know, just treat people with respect and and try to make a good learning environment. And that's the other thing, like people learn um, at different rates and different um, different ways, I guess. So being able to read somebody and what they respond to and what they don't, and and I. I was really bad at the beginning. Like I would be really intense about things like, Hey, got to get in there. Got to do that. You know, really intense. Well, that intensity, intensity brings tension. And now you got a guy in there just all tensed up. So I think being, having more of a mellow tone, being relaxed with your presentation just kind of breeds relaxation, which is going to transition into a better, better performance. So hopefully, hopefully that made sense. It does. So your match at the Clinton house, is it going to be, I have to miss it because my sister's getting married and like, that's a good excuse. I can't. You got to be there. No, you got to be with your sister's wedding. I got to be in Charleston for my sister's wedding. So I got to miss it. So is there, are there going to be other ones that I can get to, or is this a one-time thing? Nope. It is not a one-time thing. And yes, you can get to other ones. So here's the deal. We have April 8th locked in. We have, um, other dates in mind, and um, I've been dealing with Andy Slade, who is the Atlantic Coast Regional Director, and I know he's busy, busy with, with that. I know he's been shooting a ton, and he's been shooting great. Um, he's uh, He's been doing, doing matches all over the place, so I'm still trying to coordinate with him and locking in. We want to do four regional matches this year, so we got April. Um, the other thing is, you know, I'm looking at the Atlantic coast and I, I don't want to step on anybody else's match. So I'm looking at their dates. And then because we're butted right up on the Southeast, I'm looking at MPA, Alabama, everything in the Southeast region. That's close. Okay. I want to stay away from plus I want to shoot those matches. Um, you know, we got Coleman's Creek right here, uh, which is North Carolina, but, um, everything in the Southeast that's within five or six hours, I'm trying to stay off of those dates. Um, and it's really tough. Like June is completely booked up. Like we can't, can't get a day in June. Even, even um, Coleman's Creek is doing Sunday matches, uh, which, you know, um, I, I kind of want to stay away from the Sundays if I can, but um, I see why they did it because I mean, where else are you going to put it? So um, we're, we're working right now for at least, at least two more regional matches. We're trying to lock in the dates with PRS. Um, and get those approved. We have some dates. I just, I got to get approval from the, the regional director and hopefully by then any bugs will be worked out. And by then, so right now we'll have 10 stages. Now we can go back and this year start putting stuff in between 
And then once we get 20 stages ready to go um, next season, um, we would like to run a couple of, you know, regional matches and then run a spring and a fall two-day match, a pro series match. So I was going to ask you about what your goal is. Are you working up two days? A hundred percent, yes. So and I'm gonna that is the goal. Yeah, I'm going to have four two days within two hours of my house. That and our, our you know our region needed that like in a, in a bad way. Um, now I got guys coming from Tennessee, from Atlanta, from for for that little match I do that it isn't even worth points. They just like to come shoot it, and um, you know I, I I enjoy their company. The the camp also has a really good vibe to it. Mm -hmm. The the landowner goes out there. He he cooks for everybody, and and uh, it's a really really pleasant experience and i hope i hope the clinton house I, I i have a feeling it's going to have the same vibe to it the landowner is going to be out there uh he'll be cooking lunch for everybody um again there's going to be a lot of new shooters i know a lot of clinton house members um are doing it and this might be their very first match so i want to keep that beginner friendly vibe to it not saying that all the targets are going to be easy but um I want the, the beginner friendly welcoming vibe to it where people are helping each other get better. Does that that's sense? super important. That's, that's one of the big things that I think you'll get people coming back because no one likes getting kicked in the teeth their first match. And if you have a good time coming out the first time, you'll have your friend come out the next time and then his friend come out and you'll see a group of guys that, you know, they start five years ago, maybe. And now they're winning your matches. And it's all because that first time someone helped them, right? Yes. Yeah, nice I really like that. Sean and I'm assuming it's Sean of Sean and Annie, but Sean and Annie Downey says that Tommy Goodson is the reason he got in a PRS and why he's always broke. <laughs> For my service. <laughs> so, Sean. I, I love Sean to death, man. I was scrolling through Facebook one day, and I hate Facebook, but I stay on there for the, all the shooting stuff and the memes. Uh, some people, some of the, the <laughs> pages post some funny memes, but there's like a South Carolina long range page or something. I've never posted in it, never seen it, but I'm scrolling to said, hey, does anybody in South Carolina teach long range classes? So I sent him a message. I said, yeah, I do. Um, where are you at? He said Myrtle Beach. I said, well, he couldn't be farther away. But um, yeah, I, I, I do teach. Uh, he said, well, when's your next class? I said, I have no idea. Nothing's on the schedule, but if, if something pops up or I put something together, I'll, I'll try to remember to reach out to you. And, and uh, I did. I, I, next class came up. I was like, man, there was somebody that I said I was going to message. And, and I found him. I, I sent him a message. And that guy's been coming, him and him and Scott. And I can't say enough about both of those guys um, with, with who they are, what they do. And um, uh, just the, the, again, these are the people you want at these matches to, to welcome, to, to make it grow. Um, and uh, yeah, he, he started coming to that camp match and they showed up with, with really good gear. He shot my foundation. He's like, Next time I saw him, he had a foundation. He's like, well, thank you for making me spend <laughs> more money. But, uh, you know, it's just one of those things, uh, you know, um, and, and I'm, I'm more than willing to show, share anything I have with anybody. And, and everybody has their own little what works best for them. So I'm not going to try to shove anything down anybody's throat. 
because there's a there's a lot of things and everybody's eyes are different so glass everybody's body's different so stocks everything is is very unique to each person um but yeah sean sean's good people and uh i'm i'm i feel fortunate to to have met him it was uh just so by, somebody, what's up somebody wants to watch um and kind of keep an eye out for any of these matches upcoming where's the best place to do that the clinton house website or PRS website, like where's the best place to get information so that they can get their foot in the door before it sells out next time? Okay, so um, Us, them is really me. Yeah, there's probably a better answer than this, and you guys definitely chime in. Um, so most of the matches, like the the, the camp matches, um, non-PRS, they're just kind of practice fun matches. I just post them on Facebook and say, hey, we're going to have a, a uh, this is the next date. Registration will go live on such and such a date. Those things, oh man, it, it blows me away. They sell out. And like, I go to bed, I, I post, open it at like, or the guy that does the website opens it at eight o'clock. I go to bed at nine because I'm old. But when I wake up, it's sold out. Like, I, I can't believe it. So that, that Facebook, um, the other one would be the PRS website because it, the Clinton House match is in the Atlantic Coast um, schedule and I'm hoping that when the other two or three get approved um, we're going to put those in there as soon as we can so they'll, they'll be on the PRS website if you go in the Atlantic Coast they should come up um, anything other than that I really don't know I mean Facebook is is kind of it, it's kind of one of those love-hate things yeah I use it for for this um, and the memes. But can you guys think of anything else that um, anywhere else? So I've been, be I've been meaning to, to to tell you about this earlier. Uh, I need to teach you and Diana how to make a Facebook a business Facebook page so that you have something <laughs> that's not your personal Facebook and it's just a place just for as uh, Sniper Bill just dubbed it the Tommy Bowl. So, yes, I'm glad he said that. So they do have 22 matches out there called the Taco Bowl, which is pretty pretty cool name. And um, I, I don't know who it was. It might have been Bill dubbed the centerfire matches, the Tommy Bowl, which um, has a little ring to it. It's, it's funny, but I'm glad Bill chimed back in. So the Clinton House also is going to be doing 22 matches, PRS 22 matches. And not this first one, so not April 8th, but all the ones, the subsequent ones to follow, we're going to do Centerfire on Saturday, 22 on Sunday. And um, Bill will be the match director for the 22, so we're going to work together. We've done it like that. Um, we've been working at the camp because he does the 22 matches at the camp, so we'll discuss, hey, I'm going to use this prop here or that prop there so we can work together, and we're going to do the same thing at the Clinton house. So the people that do shoot both, they can come out, they can make a weekend of it. They can shoot their center fire on Friday. Or I mean, Saturday rather. Uh, well, they can shoot it on Friday too, because we'll have a tune up day. Saturday, they can compete center fire. Sunday, they can compete 22. So um, we really need to get those dates all locked in on the schedule so that he can start planning his 22 matches as well. And all the props will be there. So he's just got to put out the other steel. Yeah, nice. if you keep putting 100 shooters in the matches, that shouldn't be too hard to get your dates. 
Um, one thing you can do is you can teach people how to follow a club and practice score. So not the search feature, but actually you can follow a club. So I pulled up the Clinton House 22 club, Carolina Shooters Group, and you can actually see all their matches for the entire year. There's a lot, isn't there a lot of matches at the Clinton House? This is, is just the one group. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah. So you said follow a club. On practice. Yes, practice yep. On practice. Yeah, so for us, it'd be like TX Precision Matches. You can just see everything we've got. You'll have the same thing if you're running your signups to practice for. Okay. And, I, you know, I, technology has passed me by a long time ago. <laughs> um, some of that stuff, I just, I stumble my way through. I'll tell you what, I had no idea. Uh, my wife is, you know, when I told her about this opportunity for the Clinton House, she was 100% on board. She's like, well, you know, what can I do? And, and she, man, I, I could not do this without her because um, she got into practice score. Um, she actually, um, we, we've been wanting to do the, the camp matches that way anyway, but um, she, she dove in this thing with both feet. She learned practice score and, and she's had some help to uh, the guy down the MPA. She, she helped them uh, for a match down there. Learned a lot from Jill. We had Christy Hembry on the phone uh, a couple of different times trying to walk her through it. I, it was all gibberish to me. I had no idea what they were talking about. Um, Greg Cannon, thank you for all your help getting us getting us through this. Um, you know, just getting people registered and squatted and everything like that. She's nervous as heck about the scoring side of it. Um, so we're going to use practice score for the next non-PRS camp match just as a kind of a practice run to see how it all goes which is this weekend it's March 18th and um, so we're going to use it for that and uh, you know she went out and uh, she went because Clinton House is like well we got Kindles you know you can use these we got this we got that um, she went and bought 12 Kindles um, she's like if we're going to do this I want I need it in my hands I need to play with it I need to learn it um, we're going to do it right. So she went and bought 12 Kindles. That's one master pin for the, for the match and, and one extra in case something goes down. She bought, um, all the charging stations. You think I spend money on guns? She's been spending money on uh, Kindles, <laughs> but, um, yeah, she bought all the backup batteries. She put together these boxes that have a clipboard in there for the paper backup, the little shot, uh, the, the hit counter clicker. We got, um, we got some shot timers. I don't have all the shot timers. Um, personally, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to borrow some of those. I've already got them locked on. But, man, it's just it's such an investment that you, nobody thinks of mm -hmm. front. It really is. And you, I know you know. But, like, if, you, if you're going to do it and you got 10 stages simultaneously, so that's 10, 10 tablets. One is a backup. So that's 11 plus a master. Those shot timers are anything but cheap. And then, you know, even the, the clipboards and the little waterproof, you know, boxes for the stage boxes for everything to go in, um, it just all adds up. And then, you know, you throw in steel and, you know, we're going to talk about how, how much hooks and all those things are, but yeah. <laughs> it, uh, something, it's not something you can, you can do overnight, that, that's for sure. But, um, yeah, it adds up super quick. Um, yeah. So we're about at the midpoint of the show. Remember, if you're watching us live on Facebook, ask any questions you may have in the comment section of the video. We'll ask it live on air. Other ways to catch us, you can check back on the Shooter's Mindset Facebook page. 
the videos all stay up there forever. Usually upload all the podcast apps the night after the show. And then finally thing, everything, everything is finally on the Shooter's Mindset YouTube page. Nice. Weekend. Finish that. So all of our episodes up to now are on the Shooter's Mindset YouTube page. Um, that's a great place to look all the way back to episode one, the many moons ago, before any of the three of us were actually on the show. So that'll be cool. You guys have been doing this <laughs> a long time, haven't you? Yeah. This is 300 and what, 80 or something? 398. Holy crap. Yeah, you've been doing this as long as I've known you guys. Yeah, I've been doing it since 2015. Yeah. Oh, but that and that was prior PRS, right? You were doing it for you're doing three gun and um USPSA shows mostly at that time. I had and no then when idea. I got into PRS, like all my contacts were PRS. So and, and I'll tell you, I, I've always liked the name of it because mindset was so huge in in anything really from the tactical side to the competitive side is, uh, I mean, what the mind can do and what you, you know, you can tap into, um, you know, and you can get into the, the psychology behind getting into flow states and being able to pull yourself out to make conscious, to see things and then make where you're operating on a subconscious level and then coming out of it to make things a more of a conscious action and then slipping back into a flow state where thing. I mean, I've been in times where I watch my hands work and it is, I'm a spectator. You know, I can hear birds. I can hear people talking. I can hear conversation. Time slows down and everything is just perfect. And, and being able to recognize that and then being able to tap into it and use it to your advantage. Um, there's some books written on flow state. If, you, if anybody's interested in that, there's there's quite a few books and some, some video seminars and, and things on it. And it's it's just amazing what the the mindset and uh, the the mind can can do it, and and you can kind of steer it that way. And be, and before we get too much farther, I do want to thank. So I did have an anonymous donor um, send me a package, and and I do know who it is, but they, they want to remain anonymous. And he said, you know, this is just to get you going, and it's just a bunch of gear that really that that. Um, I mean, I don't even know where he got all this stuff. There's a game changer. There's a fat bag. There's a bunch of those um, bag stops from, uh, was it Gray Ops that makes those? There's some Armageddon steer, steer stuff. There was five shot timers in there. Um, so that, that got me going. Um, and I just want to say thank you because, you know, and that was just his way. He's like, hey, you know, I appreciate what you, you're doing for us and for the sport. And this is a way to say thank you. And, and, uh, you know, those shot timers, I mean, I, I couldn't, I mean, I, I can't even express the gratitude um, f- for those. And then the other stuff, you know, I'm, and here's my mind. I'm thinking, well, instead of throwing it out there as a prize table, I'm going to find a shooter who's new that's over there using the, the damn rice bag, you know, or then there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, there's a game changer in here. I'm, I want to see it go to the guy that needs it or the person that needs it. You know what I mean? Um, as opposed to somebody that already has one or, or, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that's the right thing to do, but that's just kind of how I feel. I, I, I'm going to try to find somebody that, that can really need it. Um, and then it'll go there. That's always the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So. Bill Jordan says, leave my old rice sock out of it. (laughs) (laughs) It's good purpose because if you get hungry, you can, yeah. 
so I've, I've snacks aside stock uh, rice yeah yeah anyway so you kind of touched on what you want the kind of culture of your match to be but every match director has kind of like a style and you know targets positional prone what do you think your match is going to be what kind of flavor is that so yes um i try to keep it fair and uh with, without being gimmicky there's there's a there's a line there where you want something y'all everybody wants something a little bit different or whatever but there's a line between it gets a little hokey um and as far as the fairness goes and and, and a lot of this stuff I didn't invent. I just seen somewhere else and I'm plagiarizing the hell out of it, right? I seen something over here at say Pig River. I said, I like that. I really like, there's different skills, right? Some of them may be building and breaking positions. So you have five positions, right? Yep. So yeah, there's that skill. Um, there's the long range skill where you're dealing with the wind. I have two long range stages and I, they're evenly spaced, right? Stage Smart. five, stage 10. So if you shoot one in the morning, you will shoot one in the afternoon. So yep. nobody has an advantage over anybody else. So um, I wanted to keep that fair. That was one thing that I, I needed to see in there was um, two long range stages evenly spaced. I have some five position stuff. Um, and then I have some other ones that are um, target identification or target acquisition. So there's a wide span. So you have right. to shoot you know, here and then that one and you have to search, find it and then go back and hit this one and then move on. So. I try to take something, whether it be a stressor or a skill, and implement in, in every stage. You know, there's a moving target system out there, so that in itself is a skill. Uh, there's KYL, so again, you're getting down to small targets, marksmanship, a little bit of wind, call it's not real far, but the target's small enough that you're going to have to hold some wind or you're going to miss. Uh, then they've got the long-range stages, and then so you got the troop line. We got a troop line out there. But then I've got one, and you'll see it make, might make more sense when you're there. Um, it's like a skirmisher. So think of a tactical column or like a troop line, but you're looking at it from the flank. So you have a near, far, near, far, near, far. Yeah. You yep. know, so you can dial it, um, but it just makes more sense to, you know, dial for one, hold under, over, under, over, under, over. Something like that. So I, I have a couple stages where it just makes more sense to hold. Now, nothing said. I didn't put in there that you cannot touch your scope. Um, I, I have no nothing good, against good. that. But um, it just made more sense to hold. So I, I was trying to get people to be able to practice that skill: practice target acquisition, target practice long range, practice positions, practice mover. Um, again, whether they're tactical snipers, military, law enforcement, whatever or just a competitor, um, you know, and this is a competition, but in my mind too, I'm just honing skills. Like these guys are coming out here, they're practicing for whatever to, to win at points or in case they ever have to face this in a real life scenario, you know what I mean? Without getting too deep into the weeds of sniper versus the game, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, and you know, a lot of match directors, um they'll say you know I'll, I'll never do a stage like that because it, it just doesn't work when they go and shoot it at another patch but i think the best stages sometimes come from something you see that works really well and you just kind of tweak it a little bit 
and you you get these stages that become like really really fun but with just a little bit different flavor and you can change it with like the smallest of tweaks to be awesome yes and like i know a whole bunch of very like active high level match directors that will literally take stages that they've shot from all over the country and they'll just put them in their local match and it's like it's a totally different flavor because a guy across you know the country in tennessee or wherever designed it and you wouldn't normally see it but you're like that was fun that's yes. something i haven't done before and 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 i like i i like exactly what you said and that's kind of there's some things that, that are original to, to me and then there's some things that you know they Josh Bandy at Pig River, one of the stages or what I shot there, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm not ashamed to say, yeah, I mean, I'm, that's where I, this idea came from. Like I didn't design it, he designed it and I'm going to use it because it was a, a fun stage and, and um, I want to share that, you know what I mean? I yeah, yeah. It's a compliment to Josh, right? It's yeah. a compliment to, you know, a good awesome stage. Person. Uh, you know, this whole community, I mean, you have your 10%, but this whole PRS or shooting community as a, as, a, as a whole is just, it's so welcoming and, and it just, it feels like home most of the time. And you see friends that you haven't seen in the off season and, um, you know, it's just, it's very welcoming. Yeah, definitely. So, so in your, that match your question. Oh yeah. Okay. So kind of on the same line as, you know, match director role and how you're accomplishing things. How do you provide value to the mid-pack shooter? So how do you make it where it's challenging enough if, you know, Allison Zane were to show up at your match, but it's still doable enough that I can shoot it as a mid-pack shooter and still feel successful or even a beginner, if I were to bring a brand new shooter, a beginner, have them actually have fun because nobody wants to go home not hitting anything. How do you kind of do that? So, um, that that's the question is how do you do that and um so i what i've been doing even at the little club matches that i have been doing is i will look at every stage and look at the hit percentages overall um for the match and each stage and i'll start looking at you know was this stage too hard were the targets too small um things like that so you start looking at you know you want about I don't know what the number would be. Um, if everybody's shooting two on it, the, the stage is inappropriate. If everybody's cleaning it, you know, it might be too easy. And you can have a couple of those. So people walk away feeling, feeling you know, if they make a mental mistake, the, of course, they, they may miss, drop a point or two. But um, it's okay to have some of those easier stages in there. But for the mid-pack shooter, I think what's really important, especially for newer shooters, and this is more on a safety side of things, um, this first match is going to be 105 seconds. So it's a, it's a minute 45. And I think that is going to make people not feel so rushed. Now, some of the new shooters may still feel the time pressure, but it shouldn't be as bad. And here's, here's my thing from a competitive or from a tactical side, when I shoot a shot, I'm 100%, um, it has my name on it. I'm, re I'm responsible for that bullet where it goes, where it strikes. If I shoot a shot, I want to be able to stay on the glass, see that bullet impact, be able to measure it correct in my mind, and then move on to the next stage. If you run in 90 seconds, sometimes you have to abandon those bullets and fly. And I do not like doing that. 
just from, I don't like to train my mind and my body to do that. Um, there might be a time and place for it, but every shot I take, I'm 100% responsible for, I wanna see it land. Does that make sense? So um, with 105, I think you can take the shot, you can have good follow through, you can spot the shot, you can make your corrections, you can move to the next prop, next position, and do the same thing and, have, and, and imply good fundamentals without feeling right. Even good shooters at some point, I've, I've shot stages where once I get my wind, okay, it's there. Now I just abandon every bullet in flight because there's no time to watch it. And, yeah, and I, I think that's a big deal for beginners because the um, more seasoned shooters learn to call their shots. Whereas a lot of beginners are pulling the trigger and they've got to see where it goes to be able to adjust and correct and, and don't know, you yeah. know they just can't call it. Where some of the guys that do this all the time, I mean, you're one of them, Tommy. I know that you can pull that trigger and you know where it's going before it hits. You don't have to see, you know, if you've pulled it one way or the other. I mean, outside of wind, maybe being a variability, um, you know, you can pull the trigger and move. Yeah. I, yeah, and I, I can and I do, and and I don't. I I would rather stay on there and, and spot it. You know, um, another thing though too is, is you're talking about the mid pack shooters and or every shooter for that for that aspect. I know what the wind is at the camp. I can set the targets up appropriate. Um, Clinton House has some wicked wind out there, so if I put everything out there at a minute and a half targets, it's going to be a rough day for everyone even the top shooters. So the, the, I think the target size really, the typical weather conditions or the typical wind conditions should dictate the target size to, to, for, for the appropriate target size in some cases. So in, in this case, um, you know, some of those stages, especially the long range ones, I mean, you, you gotta give them something that's hittable. Does that make yeah. sense? So- Oh um, yeah. And I think, I think we're doing a really good job with this. Um, I don't think anybody's going to clean it, but is every target hittable? Absolutely. So if somebody cleans it, um, man, kudos on them because sometimes the wind is tricky, especially when you get to the one particular side of the range. Um, it just does weird stuff. And one shot may be different than the next. And you may see the impact, adjust, fire again, but by that time, the wind has already changed. <laughs> you, know, you should have shot the same shot yeah. that you just missed and sometimes it's like that and um is what it is but yeah i think i think the time that having given that that few extra seconds on the time will will help the newer shooters um having hittable targets out there um will help everybody nobody nobody should walk away not hitting anything from this yeah. it's just yeah the, the targets are are going to be hittable but yet there will there'll be some challenges for even the, the seasoned people. So, so how did we, we went through some nicknames earlier, but how did you get the nickname <laughs> Hammer Time Tommy? Hammer Time Tommy, you're you from you actually. I got that from you and Jennifer. So um and I hadn't heard that in a long time. I thought that one died, but I appreciate you bringing that back. Um and, you still and have What's that? You still have the sticker on your car? No, I don't have that car anymore. Oh, somebody, somebody may have that sticker on their on that car, but it's not me. <laughs> so we talked about it, but for anybody that don't know, um, 
I was at a match and I had all my practice ammo that I shot and it was shooting great. And then we get there for the tune-up day and none of my match ammo will chamber. It will, but I've got to beat the bolt forward. I've got to beat the bolt handle down. And I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on and um, why none of it would chamber. It was, it was all loaded with the same dies. Um, I, I just couldn't figure it out. And Tony Paskill was actually the one. Um, he said, hey, do you wet tumble? I said, as a matter of fact, I just started. He goes, yeah, that, there's, there's your problem right there. So nothing against wet tumbling because it, they come out really, really clean, really pretty. But if you do, you probably should chamfer and deburr every time. Because what had happened, what happened was, um, I think some of those steel pins had rolled the top of the bullet, the top of this here, rolled that down. And um, I've seen it happen to other people. And I've been in places where they're filing that, trying to file that burr off of there. Um, I didn't have a file. What I had was a hammer. So I used my chamber to basically roll that back and resize my brass in a Airbnb the night before the match. Now, if you're going to do that, take the firing pin out because that was advised to me by my, I was on the phone with my gunsmith and he said, if you're going to do that, take the firing pin out so you don't have surprise break right in, in the in the in your room so i took the firing pin out and uh tom fuller actually loaned me a little hammer and i hammered all my brass back into shape hence <laughs> there's a video out there somewhere and she's probably trying to pull it up but um she just commented on that yes what's that she just brought up that there was in fact a video yeah i so i'm sitting there tinkering away pissed off at the world um, but I was glad I had a working solution and, uh, I hear her behind me talking and, uh, I didn't even look up. I was pretty involved, but I didn't realize <laughs> we had carried on a conversation for a little bit before I realized she was actually recording me doing something. <laughs> yeah, it's out there. And then this guy, right? Greg, he made, makes these stickers with a hammer. I'm colorblind. First off, what <laughs> color was it? Um, at work, we call it hashtag Yeti Cooler, hashtag Basic Bitch Blue. <laughs> so, so it's a pretty manly color, it sounds. So, um, and then the font, right? Um, what was the font? Something to do with crayons, right? I, I, I believe it was called I Eat Crayons was actually the, <laughs> the font. I Eat Crayons, which I can neither confirm nor deny. You are um, Marine, so you know. Yep. I think the R was backwards. Like it, 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 it was like a it was like a child had drawn this and it said hammer tie. I used to have one on my tripod too. I don't have that tripod anymore. But um yeah, Greg hooked me up with a bunch of stickers. So we went out to dinner and I we come out and there is a sticker on the back of my window. And there's of my a of a it looked pink to me, purple, whatever color it was, of this big hammer, and it said, Did it say hammer time? Hammer time, Tommy. Yep. Nice. With some backward letters and all. It looked like a Marine wrote it, is what it looked like. So. But also, we got we got to bring up the point. The sticker was there after 
after dinner, but you didn't notice it getting into your truck or out of your truck or loading the truck that morning to head to the range. So at one time, I guess I was a trained observer, but um, <laughs> not that day. It was like 24 hours later before he noticed. It. He was like, put that oh. sticker on my car. Yeah. But... Uh, so, I mean, with friends like that, uh, I know, right? we could just roll right into the next one. Uh, if you were to pick one thing that contributes to the growth of the sport, what do you think that is? Friends like uh, me. <laughs> I think it's people being of service. You know what I mean? Um, so just, just people got to leave their egos at home and try to help the next person. And then what's going to happen is when those, that person gets there, gets comfortable, gets better and better, what are they going to do? Hopefully they will culturalize that behavior and do that for the next person, right? Be of service to the new shooters. That, that's the future of the sport anyway. You know, the, the younger people coming in, whether it's youth or just even the, the new old people, it, it doesn't matter. Be kind, be welcoming, leave your fucking ego at home um, and just, just help out. And, and that needs to be the culture, which it is, I feel like it is the culture mm -hmm. most places I go. And, and maybe I, I, most, most places I go, you got your 10%, you got your, you got your egos, you, you really do. But for the most part, I would say the majority um it's it's a good place and and that's i think that is probably the the biggest thing is um if you want this thing to grow you you have to have people come and then you have to have people come back and bring other people with them like like what Corey had alluded to earlier i like it not just because i said it <laughs> <laughs> So what are your shooting goals for 2023? You're, you've gotten to be quite an accomplished shooter. You've won some matches. Uh, yeah, I, I won some, some one-day matches. And yeah. so there was a year, I think the finale went out to, was it 20? I shot the finale in 2019. And uh, so let me back up. 2018 was my first real year shooting. And uh, not making the finale you know, and I'm not trying to say anything, but I felt like I had a really good chance based on my background of making the finale. I did not. And that hurt my feelings. So <laughs> that drove me <laughs> to get better. So the next year, my goal was to make the finale. I made the finale, shot it at KM. The following year, I think it was in Oklahoma. Frozen one. Yep, I had no desire to go to Oklahoma. So I focused on the regional. I said, well, let me see where I can end up in the regional. Um, I think it went into the regional finale number eight. I came out number six, um, somewhere right in there. So I was like, okay, now I've got some, some you know, I still have room to grow. I still have um, some, some goals to accomplish. The following year, I was out in New Mexico. I spent a lot of time in New Mexico. I didn't want to go back to New Mexico. So again, I didn't chase the, the two-day stuff. Um, I actually shot the Atlantic coast because I'm in the Atlantic coast, but all the matches were in the Southeast because South Carolina didn't have any matches. So um, I looked at the finale is what I did. And the finale was in Mississippi, eight hours away versus frontline, 
four hours away. So I shot the Atlantic coast and, um, I did, I did. Okay. Um, I, I can't remember where I was sitting going into the finale. I tied for second at the finale, which was a three-way tie. So, um, I ended up fourth, fourth in the finale. And I think it was fourth in the region as well. So, um, and it was by one point, I think it was by half a point, um, outside of, of one of the regional trophies. So I think this year, um, you know, I, I really want to have fun. Uh, I, I'm kind of switching gears to the match director thing. And that, that you know, I was asked if I would do it. Um, I want to do it. I want to be a part of it. Um, I also still want to shoot. Um, so I'm going to do, I'm going to try to do all the MPAs. I want to support Coleman's Creek. So I want to shoot there. I want to support Frontline. I want to shoot there. I really like Pig River. Um, it's getting a little bit um, outside of where I, how far I want to drive for one day, but I'm going to see where I can do in the region again. Um, I shot one match uh, so far. I won that. Um, it was a great match, MPA. A lot of good shooters there. Um, I just did the gunshot great. And uh, so I won that. So my, I guess my goal would be, again, just to see where see where I can be uh, in, in the region when uh, when the dust settles. I can't remember. Where's the... Uh, Finale this year? Uh, can I don't remember the Pro Series? Mm, it's in Kansas. They're doing it the same place. Uh, they're doing the suppressed match, Medicine Lodge, if I remember right. I would really like to get to Kansas, but I'll, I'll tell you again: the very first schedule I look at is my daughter's dance schedule, and yep. based on that, I plan my schedule. So um, I don't think I'll be able to make it there, and and I don't think I have. I'm not going to be able to shoot a lot of two days, if any, this year anyway, with everything else going on. So I'm just going to focus on the regional stuff, have fun, and um, hopefully do my part in helping the sport grow a little bit um, with the Clinton House. And, and I can't say enough about the Clinton House for letting us, going, going to let us do what we love to do on, on their land. It's, uh, it, I'm really looking forward to it, and, and I'd like to publicly thank those guys for for letting us come there and do it. Yeah, definitely good people there. Yeah. A little hub down here in the Southeast. It's nice, it's very good to have them close by. So might have to back out there shooting again. I'll give you the dates as soon as, um, we gotta relook at the calendar again because I, you know, I don't wanna step on anybody else's match. I mean, that's, that's not good for them. It's not good for us. It's not good for anybody. So, um, and they, you know, so we're trying to kind of come in. I don't want to say mid-season, but the season's kind of been established. So we're trying to squeeze in where we can fit in. And um, again, uh, you know, if I did it on another day, it, it, half the people would be there. All they are, and I, I got some really good ROs for this match. Um, um, not that I was selective, but. Um, yeah, there, there's a few people that I said, hey, would, I know we're going to have a lot of new shooters. Would you mind ROing this? I know it's distracting. It, it can be. Um, but, um, you know, we, we, would you mind doing this to help this match be successful? And nobody said no. So, so and unless they couldn't do it, you know, nobody said, no, I'd rather just shoot it. Um, if, they, if, they, if they were going, they, they, they volunteered to RO, so. That's awesome. Yeah. Very good times. So everybody needs to go. And if you're down in the Southeast, for sure, 
check out these matches. I think they're going to be exciting. It'll be really good. I'm bummed I'm missing the first one for sure because it's yeah. so close it's in our backyard and can't quite make it. But I'm there would definitely be more. And um, yeah. So are the are we good on lives, guys? Yeah, I think so. I think we hit everything. Um, Diane, check your messenger. No, you didn't. <laughs> Damn it. She's she's married to you, so what she deserves. So yeah, she gets to have the video. So yeah. anyone else wants it, they'll have to ask Diane for it. Yeah. I texted it to you too, Tommy. She is the gatekeeper. I can't, you know, it, it just blows me away at how on board with this whole thing she is and how quickly she, she's learning the practice course system. And uh, she tries to show me stuff on there and I'm just lost. I got video games down, but when it comes to computer stuff like I am, yeah, no, not my thing. And, you know, everybody <laughs> has strengths and weaknesses. So she I said, what? Thanks, girl. That's blackmail material. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, the best part at the, is at the end of the video when he like realizes I'm video and he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I was just in my own little world, tap, tapping away. Just down there hammering. Well, I think that we can wind it down to shout outs. I know it's 923 and so it's after Tommy's bedtime because yeah. <laughs> oh man, it goes bed early. Yeah. We'll start with Corey. I'll keep them short. Uh, I want to shout out the interns. Uh, we've got a couple guys from our college shooting club uh, that help out a lot, and they are sending me pictures of them hunting. They're living the dream right now. So, shout out to those guys. They got some meat on the ground. Awesome. All right, Greg, how about you for shout outs? Uh, we got GSL suppressors, shooters, and sharpshooters of Augusta, PDC Custom, uh, Shooters World. Big shout out, Hunter's HD Gold. If you have horrible vision like I do, you need to own these. Um, then Fix It Six and Bortec. Awesome. Tommy, you got any shout outs? Um, yeah, I didn't know that was coming, but um, I, I don't want to miss anybody. So, I, you know, I just, my gunsmith, L3 Rifles, is, is who chambers my rifles. And, and it does, that gun is so predictable. Um, I just want to thank him for, for what he does. And then, you know, the people at the Clinton House for and Camp David, all those people. And then everybody in the shooting community, really. I don't want to mention any names because then I'll leave names out and I don't want to do that either. But everybody that that I'm friends with, I just um, thank you for making this such a welcoming community. So. It's a good place to be. I enjoy it, too. Yeah. And for shout outs for me, I just want to shout you out, Tommy, for spending a couple of hours with us on your Tuesday night. I know you're really busy with dance schedule and your own dancing, I mean, shooting and trying to match direct. <laughs> I see what you did there. And everything else. So we do appreciate you staying up late with us. Um, and, and we appreciate everything that you're doing for the shooting sports and bringing a match to South Carolina because that's huge really for those of us that are here in this area for I remember when I first got into it the closest thing was I think six hours 
Um, so even for regional matches, there was nothing close by. So really appreciate you being willing. I know it takes a ton of time and I know Diane is putting in a ton of time. So we appreciate y'all's family, you know, bringing this to the Southeast. It's a wonderful thing. And then I always shout out my husband for putting up with me doing all these crazy things, um, you know, and, and killing our Tuesday night. He got home. He's like, you want to go eat dinner out? And I was like, have the show. So Shout out to him for, for letting me do all this craziness that I do. So, and with that, it will be a wrap for episode 398 and we'll see y'all next time. Thank you very much for having me on.